0: Hello, I'm Joshua and I'm Mary and welcome to From the Heart. Central Florida is widely known for its tourist spots and attractions, but many people don't know about its thriving arts community.
1: We are excited to introduce to you talented and passionate artists who shape our arts community. How do they create and why? And how can Central Florida benefit from an even greater arts
0: presence? On each episode, we'll meet guests who are influential leaders and artists who are truly making a difference. From the Heart. Hello, Mary. Hi, Joshua. <laughs> How are you, my friend?
1: Fantastic. How are you today?
0: I am doing well. I'm doing well. You know, I it's funny because I, I just gave a little laugh already, but I, I listened to our show last week. Uh, I was actually up at 11 o'clock on a Sunday night, and I sure do laugh really loud and a lot during our show.
1: That was a fun show.
0: It was a fun show, but... Goodness gracious, I'm so sorry that I laughed so much. I oh. just noticed that I did it again. <laughs>
1: That's because you get drunk at the thought of art. In oh, your life.
0: drunk at the thought of art. I love that. So, Mary, how was your week?
1: It was a great week. Uh, Monday night was, this Monday night will be our last, uh, the Art of Conversation at the Public Library downtown. Nice. It's getting better. You know, when you look at art being a conversation, art is uh, sharing, it, it is an expression, it is an interpretation, it's a dialogue. Well that is a conversation, and so what we do is we introduce to those that come exercises that explore different ways to up the game of the art mm. of conversation and we're having a lot of aha moments, a lot of fun and um, I hate to see it end
0: Tell us about a breakthrough mo- breakthrough moment that you saw in one of those experiences
1: Well we have a young lady about 15 and her mother who come the wom- the young lady is autistic she told us that um, and but right mm-hmm. but she has gotten to her last week where she needed to stand up and, and talk about an anecdote, a story in her life. And she did it with such joy. Mm. And at one point she goes, this is where I would get a little long, but I'm going to end it now. So her <laughs> self-awareness and her confidence over these, it's been four weeks, we have five Mondays this month. So that just made me really proud mm. to see the difference it's been making.
0: Speaking of difference, yesterday I spent uh, all day at Tallahassee uh, for Arts Advocacy Day, and we were meeting with uh, legislators in our state, uh, just to talk about the importance and advocate for the importance of arts and arts funding. And this year, uh, you know, of course, on the national level, we are having really serious conversations about the NEA and some of those effects that it has on a state and a local level. But even at the state uh, level, we're feeling some of that crunch, and uh, the way that the the organizations are funded through the state of Florida is through the process of grants through the Florida Cultural Division. And this year, to fully fund all the 638 grants that have been applied and vetted, we would need $52 million uh, for that, which is in, being asked for in the budget. And the House and uh, Governor has recommended that that be cut to $16 million. Wait, so, from
1: 52 to $16 From 16? $52 million
0: to $16 million. Oh. And so And there's not a set aside appropriations or other spending that can be put in. It's fully funded through this grant process. And so it's a really big thing and we have to advocate for it. So if you take this next, you know, 18 to 24 months and you look at the NEA possibly being eliminated or severely cut in funding. And then on the state level, when you look at almost a 60 percent decrease in funding, that is that is really putting the hurt on our local arts uh, community. So, it is important if you enjoy uh, the ballet or the symphony or film or movies or dance or visual arts, theater, theater, any any form of the disciplines of arts or anything that's a part of our creative economy. It's important to write your legislators, call them, make some noise about funding for the arts because it's important.
1: Um if someone wants to get a form letter of what they can copy paste to write and find out who their legislator is, is there's something on Central Florida Community Arts website where they can go and find out.
0: There's actually not, but that's a really great idea. I will put something on our website that's more of a form that people can just download and use. Yep. But you can go to Americans for the Arts. Okay. And you can also go to the Florida Cultural Alliance. And those two places give you great resources of how to even find your right legislator and all of those things where you can take action.
1: So repeat those one more time, and at the end of the show, you'll repeat it one more time. I will. If it's need the Florida
0: Cultural Alliance for the state of Florida for your House of Representatives and your state senators to get connected to them. And then at the federal level, it's Americans for the Arts. Um, dot org. Those are two of the largest advocate uh, websites and organizations that are helping us out there. Thank so.
1: you, Joshua. And thank you for going to Tallahassee. Oh, it's my
0: pleasure. And behalf. I just, we just hope it does some good, you know. And what was really neat is that we met some with some legislators that are art supporters and are advocating for the arts. So just to be able to love on them and encourage them and support them and give them stories of testimony mm-hmm. uh, was just as important as meeting with those that might not be in favor of the arts funding. So wow, So it, it was important.
1: Well, next time you go up, if you need a posse of people to be behind going, yeah, uh, count me in.
0: Okay, and Tom, maybe Tom will come too. We'll have a little posse. <laughs> <laughs> okay.
1: And maybe our guest will
0: come. Yeah, good segue there, Mary. Thank you.
1: I'm getting known for them. <laughs>
2: <laughs>
1: okay. I am very excited about our guest this week. Um, I said to you earlier, and I didn't say this lightly, you were two of my favorite people. Uh, I wouldn't be doing talk shows if it weren't for him, because years ago, uh, I was directed by this man for a series of talk shows that included Leslie Uggins, Diane Carroll, uh, I was going through the list, John Amos, uh, it goes on and on, and I can't even think of them right now, but these legends that I had an opportunity to spend weekends with, um, but that's not all that he's done, uh, he's directed at all parks in our area. He's opened many hospitals in our area. And I say that because I've done some of these projects with him. Uh, he's opened malls. He's opened, he's opened openings. <laughs> That's sure openings. He's, done. Uh, he's written numerous books, uh, a creative all around, has written for Jay Leno. He has written for Joan Rivers. He's a very funny man. Um, and so I am very proud to introduce to you our listeners and to you, my friend, Joshua, Mr. Bob Glickman. Yay. Thank you. Thank you. very
3: I, I, I should take you everywhere for that kind of an intro.
1: I really appreciate it. Well, you're amazing.
0: Well, Bob, Thank we're you. so glad to have you on the show. And Mary has talked about you multiple times to me and how you are one of her favorite people. And, and we all know Mary has turned to be a lovely human being who is so well respected. And I think you are part of the many people who helped shape her to be who she is today. So Let me say thank you for that.
3: Well, I kind of like Mary too, so it's it's a good thing, yeah.
1: So Bob, I'm excited to share you with our listeners because as you know, uh, this show is dedicated to the arts and the creative process, and you are one of the most creative people I know. So let's get everyone to get an idea of what you do. If I were to say to you, tell us what you do, how would you answer that? And I know there's different things, so take it.
3: (laughs) Well, we work with clients. We try to figure out what they are trying to accomplish. And then we try to bring it to life. Now, when you say we, this is your company, Glickman Productions. Glickman Productions, Mm -hmm. correct. Mm -hmm. So it can be anything from conferences. It can be, as you mentioned, we do a lot of grand openings. Uh, It can be just an environment they're trying to create. We listen very carefully. And again, it's what, what they want their guests to feel, what they want their guests to walk out with. And then we try to achieve it. So is that one of
1: the opening questions uh, to a client? What is it you want to achieve? What is it that like,
3: let's say you were doing one for me. What might you ask me? Well, that's exactly it. And they're usually surprised because they usually come in and say, all right, we're looking for three tables and we're going to have a microphone and we want to say, wait, 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 back up, back up. What are you trying to achieve here? And they're like, we really hadn't given that much thought. And so you can kind of drill down and have a better experience if you know exactly what they're trying to do. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the
1: things I like about your work is it always has heart to it, or at least it always has emotion to it. Um, so you leave not just seeing this opening, but you've been told a story or you've been a part of a story somehow, and uh, you're moved by it.
3: Yeah, we, we try to not do anything off the shelf. When we meet with a client, we really try to find out what they're about, what they're trying to achieve. And then we try to create a unique way of accomplishing that. So we do plenty of whiz-bang, wow, oh boy. But we also do plenty of goosebumps and tears and just just yank at those emotions.
1: What are some that stand out in your mind that you've become especially proud of?
3: Uh, well, one is one that you emceed for us you narrated it was a um, grand opening for a women's hospital and we looked at this hospital and we're trying to get inspiration what how could we approach this and all of a sudden it hit me I, i was looking at the building and there were a series of windows big windows all the way across and i thought well maybe maybe those windows, we could bring them to life. So we did some experimenting at night. We put some actresses behind the windows. We played with lighting. And the result was amazing. It was like you were either looking at a the best 3D mm-hmm. video screen you've ever seen in your life or is that an actual person behind there? And And it was that magical. So... We knew that part would work. We then hired a writer, a female writer. Alice, who's been a guest on our show. That's right. Yeah. To write a story from a woman's perspective of a, a woman's life. And her story blew us away. It was so emotional with the ups, the downs. And in that story, different characters in her life basically came to life in each of the windows at different times mm-hmm. well you were the narrator of mm-hmm. that and as mm-hmm. you described different women in your life those women the lights came up and different perspectives began to emerge um it was maybe the a- grandmother baking uh, exactly. the, the aerobic
1: instructor sister the I, all of them had uh, their personas that that we got to know them through the windows up there and meanwhile they were almost like out of my head out of my memory right exactly because
3: Mm. because mary was not facing them she was facing the audience and all the women were behind her as they as if they were in your mind um well it it went tremendously well and at the end i turned around and the audience was just in tears Mm -hmm. and uh, and sometimes you want that. For mm-hmm. this, it was exactly what we wanted. Uh, what are your memories of that event?
1: Um, I, I, chills. Chills. Just, And it was so real to me. It was such a unique, it was really bringing theater to an opening because it was theater. Uh, and so they were drawn in by how you utilize the space, which was inspired. And little did they know, there was nothing behind them standing in these windows. The third floor hadn't been, or fifth floor hadn't <laughs> been opened right. yet. That <laughs> so was all concrete. They all mm. stood on boxes. Uh, so it was not just being told a story. They were watching the story. And there was great affection between all the women there. I mean, there's something that happens with women. It was a women's hospital. So we were like this family. Right. And we all knew each other. And you let me give you names of people. that they yeah. were all friends. <laughs> Rhonda was in it. It was, it was amazing. Um, Franny. Uh, so- yeah, it did. And then you learned about the women that took care of themselves, the women that didn't take care of themselves, and how it affected all the people in their life, especially the other women. But now, now there's a way we can all take care of ourselves. Yeah, it was. Mm. It brought back to why we were there, um, people were blown away. And of course, it ended with spectacular
3: fireworks. Of course, you need a little <laughs> bit of that. Yeah, but well, yeah, it was the um, it was the antithesis of a typical grand open.
0: Mm-hmm. I think what we're talking about, really, you know. And I've learned this more and more with the events that I do, and I and I haven't done them on, on the grand scale. You have Bob, but you know your company, an event producing company, is just as much a marketing company. You're really trying to to land home the branding and the message, and the movement of whatever. Because people come to us all the time. You know, they there some pharmaceutical companies come in do a convention, and they they just come to say, we want cool entertainment. We want to have a flash, Bob. We want to have this, and we go, wait, 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 wait. <laughs> what are you trying to drive home? What is the message that you're trying to send to your your employees, your t- So I know that you do a lot of that creative conversation in how do you how do you bring home the message? And it sounds like in this particular you you did. You absolutely you could have done lots of cool entertainment. So you could have just had fireworks. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But the way that you had the creative conversation and getting through the branding and now you had a home run with what that hospital is going to be to women, you know, all over. So I, I think that's just I think it's neat to yeah. think of an event company just as much as a marketing or a branding company, you know. It's bringing the art to it. Yeah.
1: I, I never did. told you this, but I ended up going there for an OBGYN and uh-huh. I'm having my yearly thing that the women do, and the doctor says they recognize me. And I'm like, from there? Okay. <laughs> 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 anyway, can I say this? Hey. <laughs> 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 but I'm serious. It was the time. They
0: really recognized you. I think that's wonderful. Yeah, but I,
1: it was an, an opportune time to mention it. Just
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, Mary, we have so much more to talk about. It we come back, we're going to continue having some creative conversation with Bob Glickman. Join us back here in From the Heart. See you soon. Magic 106.7.1. <laughs>
1: Welcome back to From the Heart. I'm Mary Thompson Hunt here with my arts advocate, extraordinaire, (laughs) talented Joshua Vickery co-host. I said that backwards, (laughs) they get it. They get it. Very excited today to have one of our most talented producers in the area and one of the kindest people you can ever meet, Bob Glickman here, representing Bob Glickman Productions. So we heard a little bit about some of what you've been doing and what you do, but um, word has it that at age six you saw a feature film that got this whole creative arts world happening for you what film was it and how did it influence you
3: well first of all it took about three years of of research to find out what film it was by me looking through hundreds and hundreds of videotapes Uh, they didn't have kind of dvds or streaming back then um it was called darker than amber rod taylor um jane russell very old film um but it was in North Miami, and I was six years old. My family and I went, we're going to dinner of just on a normal street. And we see all this commotion going on down the street. They had blocked off the street. There was a fire truck. The fire truck is splashing water from a very high crane down onto the scene, and people are walking through it. And they are walking through it. And then they do it again (laughs) and again and again. And I'm like, what is going on here? And we finally figured out. We saw the cameras. They are filming a scene. Now, we didn't know if it was for a commercial. We didn't know for a film, for a TV show. Because back then, Miami did a lot of that. But it was indeed for this film. And I just was blown away by the -the behind-the-scenes part of how what's involved with Making entertainment. This wow. this was just so cool. Wow! So it, that really impacted you. It really did enough to where, again, it took me several years to find what that film was. Well, well you were six. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so by
0: eight, you were on the right. Oh <laughs> yeah.
3: And
1: when you were young, did you used to um, produce things for school like projects? Did you do? I, I did. Events? I
3: uh, I did for junior. High. I was in the band. A band nerd geek, uh, junior high, high school, college. So, yeah, I would sometimes produce halftime shows and wow. I put together the basketball band and I just love putting did. together shows. What, did, what instrument did you play? Percussion.
1: Really? What huh. did you specialize
3: in? Uh, triangle. Just my favorite. <laughs> no, everything. Really. It, was, um, it all started with a triangle. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that sounds like a good title of a book, doesn't it? it all started with the triangle. It
3: it could be, yeah.
0: So did you get paid for any of these halftime shows? Was it all just fun and did your classmates, you know, get involved? How how did that work?
3: I got paid for absolutely nothing, uh, but it was all for fun. And the most important thing is I was getting experience. I was just enjoying what I was doing. I was learning. So eventually I could start, after volunteering for these events, starting to charge for the events and That kind of got me into the business at that point.
1: When you started out doing this in high school and band, were you always
3: a leader? I was, I was a drum major, I was a drum captain. Uh, I would not have expected that because I was kind of a quiet person, but I still had this desire to put on a show. You had a vision. Yeah. You
1: communicate so well. This is something you two have in common.
3: You are two
1: benevolent leaders. You, You are loved by people who work for you. Um, the way you communicate your vision, the way you're, you're organized and you're planned and you know what it is that you need to communicate and how to communicate it. And that's very special and it's unique. So I'm glad you both are meeting. <laughs> well, thank you, Mary.
0: So uh, that's very sweet of you. Bob, I'm curious, you know, uh, and I would love to go into some of this. You've done a whole lot of writing from comedy to greeting cards to scripts uh, to books and now you're more of a producer hat where you're overseeing all the elements of these events and you hire writers. How is that for you when you are a great writer, an accomplished writer, and you get other people to write for you? Is that hard sometimes to go, oh, this is junk. Like I could have just written this in my sleep. You know, like, is that hard now being in that position?
3: It's not at all because I bring in really good writers and writers who are so much better than anything I could do. When I read some of the comedy scripts of uh, some of our writers, I am just in tears laughing. So it's a great thing for me. I'm very happy turning that over. Mm -hmm. Oh,
0: good. So what is it like to write greeting cards? How do you come up with those little catchy things that make people laugh or cry or or get over a breakup, or whatever it may be?
3: Well, believe it or not, we're given very specific assignments. Uh, This is aimed at females age 18 to 20 who are just breaking up with a boyfriend. Go. And we have to come up with all these things, the visual, the concept inside, if there's any uh, fun gimmicks to it, and... They tell us, should we be clean? Should we not be clean? Should we? Uh, any detail you can imagine, they would convey to us. So it wasn't just a free-thinking type of exercise. It was writing to very specific parameters. I, that must have been helpful in a way, though. It was.
1: Yeah.
0: Today is National Puppy Day. You guys know that? No. National Puppy Day.
3: <laughs> Shall we make a card?
0: And I've heard I was going to say I have heard truly that uh the best selling greeting cards are those with dogs or puppies on them. Is that true, Bob?
3: I never heard that. Um I know one of my lines that did not sell well, the humorous um uh sympathy cards. They just uh, <laughs> no, I, I never really did those. <laughs> Excuse me. I never really. Hope well, you got those, married to Snort. You uh, win. <laughs> That's always my goal in life. If Mary snorts, I'm good. We always know it's a
0: good show when Mary's snorting.
1: Humorous sympathy.
2: That just makes me laugh.
0: So you wrote Greeting Cards, which I think is super cool. And then you wrote for a game show, but you also wrote stand-up material for Joan Rivers and Jay Leno. Tell us about that.
3: Well, both of them were great in that they were open to freelancers. And so I, again, was writing so much comedy for different things. I... Contacted Joan and said, may I write for you? Of course, signed lots of contracts. She started buying lots and lots of my material, and I was blown away. And um, she even wrote me a letter saying, you are just, I'm right—I'm uh, buying so much more material from you than others. Just keep it going. Wow. So then she started subbing for Johnny Carson on The Tonight Show, and I'm just watching one night. All of a sudden, boom! She does one of my jokes, and uh, I just screamed. It, it was. You remember so, the joke? Oh, uh, yeah, but I can't say it here. Got it. <laughs> <laughs> this is not the eleven o'clock
0: hour. We might be get. No, just kidding. I was just say we might be able to get by with it.
3: Oh, uh, things that were politically correct then are not now. Yeah, so. that's probably true. And you also
0: wrote humor books. Some of them nationally published. One of them was called The, burst, the Worst Baby Name Book. Yes. What, what is that? What's a worst baby name? Is there?
3: Well, I had, uh, at the time, my sister was pregnant, and I was visiting her, and she had all these baby name books on the table. And I started looking through them, and I saw these are some of the worst names <laughs> I have ever seen. How can they be in a baby name book? And one of the baby name books was actually called The Best Baby Name Book, I thought, you know, this is ridiculous. This is more like the worst. And with that, I said, that's it, the worst baby name book. So I wrote a complete parody of it, listing the name and why you should not name your child that that. name. (laughs) Uh, And it actually, uh, it sold very well nationally. Wow. Is
0: Josh, Mary, or Tom in that book? All three, (laughs) Of
1: course. (laughs) At Figures, because you're all listening to Magic 107.7 FM with Joshua Rickery, Mary Thompson, Tom Benintende, and our guest, Bob Glickman. Oh, that was mm. a very
0: good reset, Mary.
1: Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Something I wanted to ask you, too, um, of, of a lot of your accomplishments, and you've had so many, what sticks out in your mind as something that was perhaps going to be one of, uh, was a big challenge that you didn't know that you could overcome?
3: Well, as far as an event goes, um, we did, we produced the grand opening for the Orlando Eye, and we were challenged with what could we do that would just get such publicity for this incredible new facility on International Drive, and we came up with several ideas, and then I just said, or for a really wacky thing, what if we had that, That guy who does the tightrope walking, Nick Willenda, maybe we could get him to walk on the wheel as it spins. And I said it halfway as a joke, but everyone's eyes kind of opened and said, you could do that? And I'm like, "Uh uh-oh. (laughs) I
0: now actually have to do it.
3: (laughs) So I very quickly got in touch with Nick and his management. Had you worked with him before? I had not. Mm -hmm. This was a cold call. Mm -hmm. We met at the site and... Literally within a few minutes, Nick said, yeah, I could do this. And with that, one thing after another, it just uh, took off. The Today Show decided they were going to cover it live. So it became just a huge thing. It was big. It was big. How do you, I don't even know if you can ask this, but insurance, like
1: that's crazy, right? Does he get his own?
3: Uh, We paid for his insurance on that one, yeah. Wow. That's, yeah.
0: that's uh, intense. Yeah. Oh yeah, I remember watching it, like, scared to death that this poor guy was going to fall. I can't imagine wow. what you were feeling, Bob.
3: <laughs> we had all kinds of uh, plans just in case, no matter what happened. And But we had also, during a rehearsal, seen him. This was just about five of us. We went up on the wheel. He was just in his socks. We didn't expect him to do anything than look out. And he said, stop the wheel. We were all in radio communications. So we stopped the wheel. With that, he gets out and just starts climbing around in his socks. Oh, goodness. And it was like, oh, boy, this is just feeling so uncomfortable. <sighs> and afterwards, though, after I saw what he did without any preparation, any, I was he fine. He marked it. I, he needed to it. own it. Yep. Mm-hmm. yep.
0: So I'm not sure you probably thought of this, but wasn't, the idea of having this man walk around the heights outside of the under eye, a little bit of sending a message that it's, that it's not as scary as it may look right. I mean like, cause there are people I know I have friends who will not go on it because they're just afraid of heights or that they'll get stuck up there. Or it, there's this, this kind of unknown about something like that, an attraction like that isn't now when you see this guy, who's literally walking on the outside of the entire eye, doesn't that make it a little less scary for everyone else?
3: Well, first of all, I would not recommend walking on the wheel, um, <laughs> as exciting as that may be. But um, yeah, I would think if he could do it outside the wheel, everyone can else I could sit, do it
0: inside. Right, can I sit inside if this guy can walk yeah. around it? Can I at it's least really sit slow. or stand and enjoy? Oh, yeah, I love it. I think Did it's you very. Oh it? yeah, I think it's super cool. It's
2: so slow. Um,
1: that was pretty spectacular.
0: So hmm. Bob, you've produced thousands of events for theme parks. Uh, what kind of events would that look like in a theme park? What what is the when you say thousands? That's that's like whoa. What kind of are they? Little small one-offs? Are they theme park openings? I mean, what kind of things are you doing for that?
3: It's literally everything. It has been theme park openings. It's a lot of corporate conferences. It's ongoing shows in the theme parks. Uh, it's a lot of special events. Both on the property and outside the property. Producing and directing. Correct. Mm-hmm. So it's And really, writing. A, and a lot of writing, mm-hmm. yes. So everywhere from New York to Canada to Los Angeles. Vegas. All theme park events, and Vegas, mm-hmm. yes. Mm-hmm. So a little bit of everything.
0: How many people work for you, Bob? Like on, in a full-time or do you contract everybody that, that does shows with you?
3: We contract to get the best people, so Uh, We literally, on any given event, have the right talent. It's an advantage that I felt strongly about many years ago that because every event we do is unique and we try to make it unique, you can't use the same talent, the same talent behind, behind the stage, you know, in front. So, yeah, we basically have the folks we need to be able to bring in. And sometimes, you know, some of our events we've literally brought in Hundreds and hundreds of contractors, both talent and vendors, to get the job done.
1: Mm -hmm. And you know what's so amazing about this man? Such integrity! Like when you work for him, on the day that you show for work, he'll say thank you for being here and hand you your pay that day. Wow, that's amazing. There's such integrity to that. other people will make you wait six, seven months. <laughs> <laughs> we not. actually, we actually
3: hand the check over before the event. That's what I mean, which, right yeah. before the
1: event, before like when you're putting on makeup. You're like, what if I don't go out? What, what if I trip? Do I have to give it back? No, I'm teasing. You.
3: Well, well, <laughs> we have big guys to take care of. Oh, those I stuff, knew it. So, yeah.
0: That's awesome. Well, we're gonna come back and continue talking to Bob. This is such fun conversation, and what cool accomplishments he and his team have done join us back here on from the heart magic 107.1
1: Welcome back to From the Heart. I'm Mary Thompson Hunt here with Joshua Vickery and I'm very excited to have Bob Glickman of Bob Glickman Productions here to talk to us about his creative life and the work that he's done as a producer, a director. Um, I remember one of the first projects I worked for you outside of the parks was a torch run that we did for the Olympics oh, yes. at Lake Eola. Tell everyone about that.
3: Well, this was actually the second torch run that we produced for the city of Orlando. The first was in 1996, this one was in 2001. And it was, uh, because we had produced the first one, we were given a lot more latitude as far as what we could do with this one. They basically said, the torch is going to Lake Eola, do something. Mm. So we had it run around Lake Eola, and but I wanted to make it special. I I wanted something different, and we had the lake there, so we made it so the final torch bearer would actually be in a boat, in a, a nice big boat in the lake, and so the torch would be handed to her, and she was a school teacher, a very well-known school teacher, and so she was in this boat, and then we put on some beautiful Dvorak music, and had some pyrotechnics silently. Uh, blowing up, you know, different places. We had a freedom kite, a white huge dove kite, flying Mm -hmm. above the lake through another boat. We had other boats with lit feather banners leading it through the lake, and it was just so inspiring. Um, We got to the other side of the lake. We had the cauldron there. She got out, lit it, and of course then we have the whole whiz bang, fireworks and all that. Music. But it it was it was taking it in a different direction than every other city had done. Mm-hmm.
1: Now what what inspired you for that? Do you just sit in a chair and meditate? Do you <laughs> scribble <laughs> things down? I wonder. If- do you color like we talked about? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Last
0: week
3: it was the creative process of coloring. Uh, How um, do you get inspired? I actually, depending on what it is, I will just stare at whatever it is we're trying to do. In this case, I went to Lake Iola. I just looked at the lake. I I had big blown up photos of the Olympic torch. I held it out in front of me. I tried to just let my imagination run wild. And and our our tagline on from Glickman Productions is imagination brought to life. So it really is. It's just ah. imagining what could be and then bringing that to life. I've
1: tried that with my husband a few times. I just stare at <laughs> him. I'm, gonna, I'm gonna get in this outfit. <laughs> um, I didn't know where you were going to go with that about
0: what you want to chase. I don't know in if she eternity. knew where she was going with that. <laughs> no, so. is, but it could
1: happen. Sometimes I think of different wardrobes for him. But anyway. I lo- I'll, I'll I'll back. Can we just
0: go? I love that phrase. Imagination comes to life. Is that what you said? Imagination brought to life. Imagination brought to life. And so for you, when you're sitting with a client, having creative meetings you're you're dreaming is there nothing that's too big like if you can imagine it you can do it
3: even if you can't imagine it we can do it that's the key because a lot of times at the beginning we can't imagine what it might be Uh, there are so many times that we will begin a project and look at it and just we're not sure where it's going to go and that's when we start kicking into the brainstorming, the sitting, the envisioning. And eventually, yeah, you do start having these different pieces of concept come together. That's where you go. Mm. Have you
0: ever had a client dream too big? Like you're like, okay, we can't do that. That's just too much.
3: Not that I can remember, no. Wow. Tell us about the tennis uh uh, is it oh yeah, this was just uh, weeks ago. This was the grand opening of the United States Tennis Association. Their wonderful campus in Lake Nona. It's a hundred courts. It's the largest tennis facility in the world. Beautiful. It's basically a whole city devoted to tennis, and we had the opportunity to create and produce the grand opening, and it was so much fun. We wanted to do something again different. So we literally, out of scratch, created this huge clear wall, a completely clear wall. And for the big wow at the end, after all the speeches, we had all the media, and there was a ton of media, go behind this clear wall. And with that, we had all of these VIPs from Buddy Dyer to Chris Ever to you name it. They all picked up a racket, a tennis ball, and... We counted down, and on three, two, one, boom, they served directly at the media. Uh-huh. Oh, that's cool. <laughs> so all the media outlets got lot. these tennis balls just flying directly at them. Wow. I love
0: that.
1: Wow. I, can we see that on your website?
3: Uh, it is not there yet. But it will be? It, actually, a still shot is there, Okay, yes. great, great. Yeah.
1: And and for anyone that wants to go to your website, go ahead and give us that. Sure, it
3: is GlickmanProductions.com.
1: .com.
0: And so any company or corporation or, or people planning an event can reach out to you and, and get your services?
3: Absolutely, yeah. A lot of times when people hear about, oh, we're producing the Olympics and we're producing these huge corporate conferences and big grand openings, they think, oh, boy, they're too big for us. And it's not true. A lot of times we will produce events for a 100-person meeting, you know, just something Have that— Have you ever done a wedding? Uh, we have never done a wedding. Mm. Not sure we want to. Um, <laughs> no bride till is in your future. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, but it, it's funny because that's one of the reasons we deal with corporations and organizations because generally you're dealing with people who have some knowledge of what it takes. So if we say, well, boy, this is going to cost $800, they don't faint at that point. Whereas mm. when you're dealing with someone who's putting on a birthday party $800, it's like, that's my entire budget. Mm. So, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, so we generally stick to the corporate side. Yeah. How
0: many events are you producing at a time?
3: It can be anywhere from 5 to maybe 18 or 20. Wow. Uh, we we always have a quite a list going on, and they're all at different uh different cycles. I mean, right now, if you look at our list, it's pretty crazy what's going on in the next six to seven weeks for us. It's just one after another. And they're all over the place. They're from New York to here. It's just, it keeps us busy.
1: And wonderful th- thing about Bob is he employs so many people. He has directors, he has stage hands, stage managers, all on that are great. I mean, well-experienced and really professional that he calls upon, not to mention your talent. So that's, Wonderful that you have so many cool people that work for you. Well,
3: the, the the coolest thing is that it's not easy to find people who are really good at what they do, who are also really nice. Oh, and that's enjoy true. Enjoy what they're doing, and that is an absolute prerequisite. I mean, Mary, you've worked on enough of my events where you know, you know, the audio guy is going to be laughing and joking, and he's going to be high fiving with the video guy, and mm-hmm. it just it is a family mm-hmm. and. That is one of the things I love most. When we all get together for an event, there are hugs. It's reunion. There are, yeah, it, it really is. Yeah. It's we in, in some of our events, we've had to build in 10 minutes for everyone to just hug each other. So, yeah, it's great.
0: I love that. And what do you think in the, the job that you do and the work that you do, how do you feel like you fuel the creative economy? How do you feel like what you're doing is helping not only uh, the arts you know, in general for this area or for whatever area you're having an impact on, but how do you feel like it affects the creative economy?
3: Well, Central Florida is an absolute vault as far as talent goes. Um, I have never experienced so much great talent, both in front of the camera and behind the camera. We take advantage of that. We use so many folks, again, both the technical and the talent on every one of our events. And sometimes it's bigger than others. I, I remember, I think, Mary, you may have been in one where we were staging uh, an opening production where the executives were the Beatles, and we literally needed eighty women to, who were in the audience to rush the stage, pretending yes, I to was be there. yes, <laughs> pretending to be groupies that just couldn't control themselves anymore. <laughs> so things like that uh, w- there are so many different opportunities where we can pull in anything from musicians to actors to artists uh, we've used them. jason yeah we've used jason He was absolutely. Oh, atmosphere oh yeah. <laughs> uh, <the> hospital opening <laughs> yeah that's awesome
1: that was really neat um how how do you see the creativeness of central florida how has it
3: changed since you started here it has become so sharp and at such a level, those folks who are not of that level, they tend to either change professions or go away because the level of performance is so high. When we go to different cities and when we have in the past and we've had to recruit local talent, and I'm talking major cities like Las Vegas and Miami, We have been incredibly surprised and disappointed in what we have found there locally. Mm -hmm. We are used to the absolute best, and we can choose the absolute best Mm -hmm. here in Orlando, here in Central Florida. So it is just, I I can't think of any place else I'd rather be as far as being surrounded by great talent. Wow. Wow. I think a part of that too. We've
1: mentioned this. We get to sharpen our tools daily for those of us who work in the parks and do events. And so we're learning scripts, or we're, you know, challenged in different ways. That we're not just sitting around for two months later, oh, another job. Right. Mm-hmm. It's like every day we're doing something.
0: Yeah, yeah, I totally agree. You think there's anything that might be lacking in our creative community that you you know you've been in this for twenty twenty five years here? What? Do you see anything lacking?
3: Well, support, I think, is trailing. I wouldn't say lacking, but trailing. I look at how long it took to get the Dr. Phillips Performing Arts Center together. What an incredible facility. I am amazed it took as long as it did. And now everyone can see how successful it is. So I think the community is is learning slowly how much is out there. And I think if we can keep educating them, they'll get it. How can we do that better? Well, I I think a lot of the things that are going on now, the um, creative, it was just renamed. Oh, Immerse. Immerse, yes. yes. Mm -hmm. We've had Cole on here many times. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. Immerse and obviously the Fringe Festival, things that can just open up people's eyes. Mm -hmm. I think that's a great idea. Well,
0: we're putting our penny
1: in the in the bucket huh yeah and that, you
0: know what's interesting is we see so many we come have our show you know we'll have the Atlanta Philharmonic or the ballet or one of our local theaters on and then we get to dive in and see how much they're actually doing out in the community that people don't even know about beyond the shows the outreach programs and and the connection opportunities and connecting to hospitals and VA programs and in our own you know teaching doctors how to use medicine there is so much happening in our community we just have to do a better job of letting people know that it's there it is a very cultural community, but people just don't know about it. That's yeah. I think that's the we say that in our opener. <laughs> Part yeah. of the reason why we do this show in week in and week out is not because we just love talking into a microphone, although it can be fun. We we want people to know what is out there, so that we can be so proud of what we of what where we live and what we do.
3: Yeah, absolutely. And again, for people who are coming here, I think they would be shocked by the amount of opportunities to see, again, everything, theater, art, music, you name it, there's just so much out there. You could be doing it almost every day and every night. If, but I guess then you don't have a job and you need the money to go to So there, that couldn't quite work, but something like wow,
1: that. Wow, you're like a commercial. That's I love it. wonderful.
0: And, Bob, going back to your, you know, let's go back to six-year-old Bob Glickman when you saw that feature film and it started you it really was a catalyst for a journey for you and all these amazing things that you've done. How would your life be different if you didn't have the arts?
3: Well, I am a person who needs stimulation to keep myself from getting bored. And what I do, you never know what's coming around the corner. It's always something different. The arts keep me... Refreshed. They keep me invigorated. They just excite me. When I saw Hairspray on television live, and we had a friend, oh. Paul Vogt, in that, um, my wife and I watched it over and over and over. It was so engaging. Things like that. I don't know anything else that can produce that kind of excitement and enjoyment. So... For me, I can't imagine having done anything else in life than go this this route. I'm so glad you did.
1: You've made our our home a better place. Thank you. Well,
0: and Bob, I don't think we could say anything else than what you just said to wrap up the show mm-hmm. and to remind people how important the arts are and uh, we are so glad that you are doing the things that you're doing here. Uh, you're making hospital openings and and tennis court <laughs> openings much more fun <laughs> and creative. <laughs> so thank you, Bob, for, for making our community a better place to, to live and to work and to play. And uh, Mary, it's always a pleasure being with you. Absolutely. Go check out OrlandoAtPlay.com for all of the cool happenings in our arts and culture uh, over the next week, and we will see you Next week. Thanks again, Bob, for being here. Thank you. Next week on Magic 107.7 FM from the heart. Bye bye.